In an ideal world, you've read this book, but if you haven't, this is your official spoiler warning. What happens when you have a fever dream of a frozen tiger ruled by bloodthirsty immortal children, a deep sea mermaid, and a plague doctor, Addy? You get this episode. That's what you get. Hey, everybody. You are listening to Readers Also Enjoyed, a podcast where we dive into a topic, theme, or vibe by exploring it through four different books. I'm your host, Sophia. And I'm also your host, Ade. This is the end of our theme for Mermaids, Mortals, and Two Deep Waters. Last week, we covered Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant, if you want to check that episode out. And this week, we're covering The Salt Grows Heavy by Cassandra Call. Soph, do you want to give us some background on the book we're covering this week? Yes, I'm going to give you guys some context so you guys know what we're talking about. Okay, so The Salt Grows Heavy begins with a mermaid having lived on land for too long to return to the sea. She leaves her daughters feasting on a kingdom that has turned to ash before setting out across the snowy wilderness accompanied by a plague doctor. Our protagonists, the mermaid and the plague doctor, stumble into a plot where they are led into a remote village populated almost entirely by children and a religious cult headed by three saints obsessed with harvesting organs and resurrection. General impressions. How about you start, Addy? Okay. I want to say, first off, I actually really like this book. However, if you had told me to read this book at any other time in my life, I would have hated it. And I know that. I don't know. This was... It, would, it was just a coincidence that I was ready for this book at this moment. Um, I thought it was really, like, beautifully written. Yeah, as much as I liked it, I think at times it was obviously a bit much. Like, we get it, you have a thesaurus, okay? We get it. You don't have to write everything like this. Um, mm-hmm. There were times, it's a short book, but there were times where it took me, like, way longer than it should have to read, like, several pages because I just kept losing, like, focus as I was reading. But yeah, I... I mean, this book was beautiful. I love the story. I, I think what the, the writing actually made the story more interesting. If it was written any differently, I don't know if I would have loved the story that much. Yeah, mixed feelings for sure. But in general, I really liked it. How about you? For me, I think this is the vibe that I had in mind. Um, I just, I loved how atmospheric it was. It really felt like early Florence and the Machine. Like, yeah. a girl with one eye. Yeah. Like, builds coffins. <laughs> like, very yeah. funky, very dark, very lyrical, as you said. Um, I did not expect the gore to be so meaty. Um, but we can talk about the gore later. But I, I, what I also really liked about this book was it had interesting explorations of perceived binaries. So, like... The ugly can be beautiful. The and 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 I love the way that um, language was used to do this, like to beautify the ugly. Yeah. But uh, you know, good and evil, even death and life, don't really have don't live in binaries in this uh, in this world. I think yeah, I think the ideas were really well executed, uh, like in, a, in very interesting uh, ways. Now, did I have problems with the language? Only a little because. I mean, yeah, it meant that I had to reach for my dictionary a lot, like a mm. lot for this book. Mm-hmm. But I'm always kind of like on the hunt for like interesting words. I was thinking like, as I was like, I know that Sophia's like so, like she has a hard on for all the new words she's learning <laughs> for sure. So 
true. I was having so much fun. But it's just the only problem was that it was breaking the flow of yeah, like uh, the flow of the of the story. You know, like I had to like keep. It, it was a, it was definitely like a start and stop. Yeah, there were also parts where I was kind of very confused. There was a lack of clarity in I think two points in like the third act. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I think I got a general understanding and I could follow the plot fine. And the epilogue was really interesting. So yeah, I have good things to say about this book for yeah. sure. Yeah, I love the epilogue as well. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. So this is from the beginning leaning very into like oh this is a little mermaid retelling like the little mermaid we don't get a name for the main character because like in the original we don't get a name for either for uh, for, yeah for for anyone characters um but i thought it was like yeah i thought it was interesting that we didn't get a name Mm -hmm. we're just it's just like a nameless first person perspective what did you think of the the mermaid I like the character for Mm -hmm. sure i think it was very stripped of the fairy tale nature uh, that we've seen in common uh, depictions of mermaids, including some of the books that we've that we've read, except uh, Into the Drowning Deep for sure, because that was very scientific. Y- you've seen The Little Mermaid. Have you seen the new one, Addy? Yeah, I did. I, I liked it. Did you it. like it? Yeah. I, I liked Ali it. Bailey was so good at that. Yeah, she was. I really, I actually, I totally bought her as Ariel. The prince? The prince. Eh. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. I mean... Again, I feel like even in the original Disney, like the animated one, because he's like not, he's like a non-character, I feel like. He, you know, he gave a little bit more in the live action one. They read more as besties to me than uh, like romantic partners, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, that's so true. Um, Yeah, I just, I honestly, if they had just been best friends, I would have loved it. But I, I know that they couldn't do that. Anyway. I feel like we could say the same about the mermaid and the plague doctor. I, I disagree. <laughs> from the beginning, though. Oh, from, from the, the beginning, because yeah. the romance, yeah, because the the romance stuff happens happens a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think. Well, to be fair, in this scenario, pr- the prince would not be the plague doctor. He would still be no, the king. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, if we're okay, if we're comparing it to the Little Mermaid, I did think that it was. I I love that they gave her like her, the, the main character being mute a different context um, mm. in this where it's like the king is like you know he's the like prince. oh is he, the, is he the prince in the book I, I kept getting yeah, confused yeah. okay um, it's a, there's no king okay the prince I like that the prince was like oh I just it's like very consu- like I, I want her it's, it, it, it reminded me of like it was giving like colonialism a little bit like I want her so I'm gonna have her and she's gonna be my wife I'm gonna cut her tongue off and that's why she won't be able to speak and mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Like, gave that context that the previous, the the source text was missing. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the king? We don't really, or sorry, the prince. We don't really see him that much in like, throughout the book until the end, until the epilogue. I think the prince is kind of a, an allegory to humanity. Because there's so much hum- humanity. Like, perhaps like maybe cis white, mm-hmm. um heterosexual heteronormative uh you get it (laughs) you get it you get all the words all the all the jargon all the the lgbtq (laughs) (laughs) jargon yeah well i mean in that sense that's interesting because obviously the plague doctor is like genderless essentially raceless as well like they don't you know because they're like a mishmash of different 
bodies, literally. So yeah. yeah. The mermaid, I liked I liked that I liked how intelligent she was and how like she stood in her nature. She was like, I am not a human. You call me a mermaid. I'm not really what you call me. Yeah. That's just like I think there's a there's a quote where it talks about how uh, mermaid demonstrates the ineptitude of human language and the species' mm. predisposition for infantilizing the unknown, which ooh yeah yeah which is like, right okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I liked I liked that she was very like in her like in her own and very intelligent because she was stuck in the palace doing nothing so she just read a lot um and obviously she bears the scars of her imprisonment i mean um in the beginning we learned that her sisters were all killed when she when they were fished out of the ocean because uh it wasn't her will to come to land she was fished out um her sisters were slaughtered she um got her tongue cut off once she got pregnant. Um, So she bears those scars and she's very happy in the whole, like, I'm not one of you. Like, I may look like I'm one of you, kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's got, like, all the teeth. But, like, um, (laughs) I forget about the teeth. I forget that they're there. Yeah, because throughout the book, she's, she's, like, strategically either closing her mouth or opening it to, like, show people. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, I like the mermaid. I liked her. I liked her as a character. I Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I like that she... There's a point, like, I think it's, like, in the middle of the book or something where the plague doctor is saying like we have to do the right thing or whatever and she's like no let's yeah. leave and and she's and he's basically or sorry they're basically saying like you know like you know we need to do the right thing we need to help these kids and she's just like i don't give a fuck i don't know she's owning like her brutality and like what, what's, what's like natural for her and i kind of like yeah. that i think at some point i think uh, around the point where you're, that you're uh, talking about addy um she says I, she basically she she doesn't understand why the plague doctor feels this like need to pr- to save these children mm-hmm. and she says i don't get it like everything else they're just meat yeah and yeah she's eaten one of them <laughs> like, she's eaten parts of one of them at this point <laughs> yeah she's like i don't get it <laughs> yeah the whole like yeah. they're just meat i was like dang all right fair enough. and i kind of don't blame her but yeah i i don't blame her at all mm. either it's just it's her nature yeah um, but let's, since we're talking about this, let's talk about how, so for the mermaid, the kids, the people in the story, they're just meat. But for the plague doctor, on the other hand, I feel like they're, um, what do I call it? They have this very like selective relationship with morality. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, when the book opens, it opens com- like in medias res. Like it, it, it opens with like the decimation of a kingdom by the mermaid's daughters. So she gave birth to those uh, children that he- she had, those like sacks in her body. <laughs> and they, and then she just she opens the window, and then they just like all spill out into the town, into the kingdom, and just decimate it. They eat everyone. There's yeah. like. They like there's like I don't know it's just like a disaster basically, and so when we meet the plague doctor and he says hey, 
what are you going to do next? And the mermaid's like, I don't know. I'm just going to go to the next kingdom and see what happens because she can't return to, to, to the ocean mm-hmm. because she's been on land for too long. They don't seem like they give a shit about what's happened to the kingdom. They're like totally detached. They're just like, okay, let's keep going. I don't care. Yeah, it's like, okay, so so where next? Yeah. So where to next? Where are we going? <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think about the Plague Doctor, Addy? Um, every single new thing we learned about them. You know that song by Mitski that's like, my baby, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> that song was playing the entire time. I loved them. Even this thing of like Same. selective morality, it kind of makes sense to me though, because I can't imagine a kingdom who, you know, someone at the top is this brutal. Maybe they, they deserved it a little bit. What happened to them? Um, Interesting. And it's like the, the, the children, for example, that they show sort of empathy for are the kids who remind, the, they remind them of themselves a little bit, maybe, and like what they went through. Yeah, let's talk about what that is. So they leave, they leave the kingdom and they're sat somewhere, I think, by a fire. And then they see these like two kids running into like chasing each other basically yeah. and they're like oh what's going on there and then one kid kill- kills the other yeah. and uh i think do, do they panic i don't think they panic they're just like what are they doing and the kid that killed the other one is like don't worry about it <laughs> don't worry about it this dead kid yeah he's gonna come back to life <laughs> so come with us to our little village yeah. and let us show you our magic so they're taken to this village that uh as i said at the top of the episode is populated by mostly just kids and these three saints slash surgeons these surgeons what they basically do is that they cut up uh kids and put them back together but there's always like parts of them missing like they they sew like parts parts of them with with other parts that are like foreign to their bodies and all that stuff and we come to learn that the plague doctor was actually rescued by those three saints like hundreds of years ago they were kind of like uh patient zero Mm -hmm. um they experimented on uh, the plague doctor a lot uh, to perfect the science of like bringing people back from the dead but yeah so that's that's that backstory so when the plague doctor sees all these kids and how they're basically all kind of mutilated in one way or another um, and they see that the plague doctors are like taking parts of those kids for their own uh, bodies yeah um they're like, yeah, we. I can't just watch this happen. I can't walk away from this. Uh, as we said, the mermaid doesn't get it. Uh, the mermaid but does then not care. She, like, she's just like, let's get out of here. She really doesn't care. She only stays because they're staying. Because uh, the plague doctor is staying. Yeah, and they're starting to like get attached to each other yes. a little bit. Yeah. But besides, besides the backstory of the plague doctor, Addie, did you feel like there was like enough let's say, meat on those bones? Like, did you feel like there was enough character there for the for the Plague Doctor? I'll be honest, I don't think... I mean, again, it's a very short book. A lot of it is... It's a novella, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the book is, is more... I think, like, most of the book is just the way that it's written and the way that it's describing all of this, like, gore in, like, like such a beautiful way. So I don't know if there was that much space for us to, like, really get to know any of the characters that well. 
the character of the plague doctor for me comes through in how they they react to things that are happening as opposed Mm -hmm. to like their backstory necessarily um Mm. so the way that they're treating the mermaid for example and like how the mermaid and the plague doctor are able to like um relate to one another or they're just able to like come together in in, uncertain situations like that for me was what made the plague doctor like kind of compelling um Mm -hmm. like i said the plague doctor is my baby i don't know why i just decided i can't tell you like a specific point in the book when this happened (laughs) it literally just happened and i love them so much but yeah yeah i I don't know it's it's, i think it's like a hard uh like i don't want to say that there isn't enough about um the plague doctor for me to to think that they're like a fully fledged out character because there's not that much space in the book but yeah what what do you think I mean, honestly, same. I think that they are a closed book and you only get like bits and pieces of them uh, from the mermaid's perspective, which honestly satisfied me. I wouldn't say it's it's only looking back that I'm like, wait, I don't really know anything about them. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like as I was reading, I was kind of like, okay, great. Like, this is fine. This is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. There is something very threatening about them, though. Did you, like, pick up on that? There were moments where they would, like, laugh really maniacally. Yeah. Like, giggle and, like, yeah. weirdly. And, like, <laughs> smile in a very, yeah. like, threatening way. Yeah. Um, that was unsettling, but, like, in a good way. I enjoyed that. Yeah, same. I think it made sense for... The more you learn about the world and like what they've gone through specifically the more you're just like oh yeah that makes sense like yeah absolutely absolutely i think also uh we should mention that the plague doctor and the mermaid um knew each other from the palace from the yeah yeah that's how they kind of like approached the the mermaid and were like hey remember me i was always kind to you wanna (laughs) wanna go wanna get out of here yeah so the plague doctor essentially worked for the the prince the prince um, yeah. And we find that out in the uh, in the epilogue. That was right. Not the ep. Is it the epilogue? Oh, I mean, no, well, we epilogue. find we because the structure of this book is okay. Interesting. No, let me tell you about this. Okay, so okay, so in our versions of the uh, ebooks, we finish the novella, and then we finish the epilogue, and then after the acknowledgments, we get a story called. Let me find it. It's called And In Our Daughters, We Find Our Voice. And that is the prequel. Like, that's a separate thing. Oh, it's were we not supposed to read that first? Yeah, so that, that came out first. The, the inspiration for this novella comes from that. So it's not a continuation. Because Addie and I, we read it after the acknowledgments, and we're like, oh, so we get, like, the backstory before the events of the novella? No. I mean, I liked it, though. I like that we read yeah. it afterwards. I mean, honestly, I would suggest if you're, <laughs> I would suggest other people read it that way. Yeah. On, only because, like, I like that where we start, it's, we don't know anything. And I'm assuming that's how the book starts anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. So, I think we've underplayed how gory this uh, story is. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's like, <laughs> there isn't a single page where I wasn't like, okay, so this is what we're in now. <laughs> Glorious of, of all the books we've that are in this in this um theme for sure this is yeah. the goriest one 
yeah yeah absolutely. so if you're if you're not into gore if that freaks you out this is probably the, the worst time to put in a trigger warning because we've already talked about some some dark stuff but this is heavy on gore heavy on like i think that this book has a very specific audience i think not everybody is gonna is gonna like this I mean, some people may even say that it's overwritten. And I think the beginning is the first couple of pages were a little overwritten for me. But um, it has it has a lot of like language stuff. You know, it's got a lot of language stuffs and it's got all the gore. And I've heard criticism about it, like people saying that they couldn't really follow it. I get it. I get where you're coming from. I get that kind of criticism. I've also heard criticism where uh, people talk about how they don't understand the logic of, of the world. And I'm like, why are you looking for logic in this world? Like, it's that, really, this is not it's, what this book is written for. It's really not. It's, yeah. You know how folk stories, just like things happen, and you're like, oh, okay, that happened. It's, 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 it's how you're supposed to read this book, I think. If you start thinking... Oh, how do they know this word? Oh, how do they know about the Hippocratic Oath? Oh, how what? How this and how that? I'm like, you lose the ball completely. Yeah, you lose the plot. You lose the ball. Um, basically, yeah. The, the 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 this this novella has its its audience for sure. It's not for everybody, but uh, I would say that people should like try it. Try it out. First. You should really try it. No, for real. Because I know I even I was saying like, had I re- read this, had I read this book at any other time. Or for any other reason other than the podcast, I probably wouldn't have finished it. Like, I probably would just put it down. But then, like, eventually I would have gotten curious, read this book, and been kicking myself for not having read it when I should have. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's so... Again, this is not... I don't think this book was made for my brain, because I struggled <laughs> through yeah. this book a little bit. But it's so worth it. Like, I actually think it's so worth it. I really want to read um, some more of Ka's work, for sure. Um, they're also a Virgo. Absolutely. I feel like you'd like that. Really? Virgo, that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. They're, they're, they're an August Virgo, though. 31st. Oh. I mean... It's hey, fine. man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I want to point out a couple things. So, so first of all, the book is uh, divided into three nights plus the epilogue, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. I didn't, it, yeah, I didn't see it, but looking back, I was like, oh, those were three different nights. I don't know why Literally, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Isn't it also weird that all of this happens in three nights? This, like, let's take down this regime of cult leaders thing happens in three, yeah. <laughs> three nights. Yeah, um, but, for sure. Uh, so, as we mentioned, the mermaid says we should leave. The plague doctor says, no, I feel responsibility for to save these kids. So they agreed to stay, and there's this breakfast banquet. Do you remember this, Addie? Yes. Where they they have so the next morning there's this like breakfast banquet, and there's like tables piled up with food, but none of the kids are allowed to eat any of it, and apparently that's so that they can learn discipline. So these surgeons, these mm. saints as they call them, they're sitting at on these like thrones, and there's. A moment where they're really suspicious of the plague doctor and saying that, you know, oh, you look really familiar. Like, what is it about you? They don't remember that mm. uh, the plague doctor was patient zero. And this comes after the day before when they arrived at the <laughs> at the uh, at this town. Yeah. Watch to watch this kid be like 
brought back to life, cut up and then brought back to life. One of the saints, and I'm going to use the word that was used in the book, enucleated himself, which basically means... (laughs) Which basically means that they popped their eyes out to uh-huh. change them, to like change, exchange them with, with Luke, who was the one uh, who yeah. was being like brought back to life. I feel so bad for Luke. I feel so oh, bad for Luke. Are you kidding? God. Luke is the kid who was being chased by, what's his name? Who's the other guy? Uh, Sam- Samson? Samson? Yeah, Samson. Yeah, and like, Sam- like Samson's like bigger than him and Luke is just like this little kid. This tiny thing, yeah. Oh, God, but yeah. Anyway. And like after, so after this like banquet of the of it, I just like imagine it, like them walking in, a, a hall just like full of tables with food and kids sitting at the tables, but just like not moving. Mm-hmm. Like it's so creepy. yeah, really creepy. Yeah, um, very creepy. Um, later on, then we have this like dinner scene where one of the surgeons starts asking too many questions. Do you remember that? That also creeped me out because uh, the surgeon was basically kind of like looking at the mermaid and kept saying what are you yeah what are you though and she was kind of like i like side-eyeing him (laughs) just side-eyeing him and being like you know what let's make a deal she's like i want to see you do this eye changing color eye color changing thing another three times and then i'll tell you anything that you want Mm. now this is one of the points of the story where I was like, okay, interesting. What's the point of this, though? Did we get what the point of it was? Was it like, was she trying to make them prove something? Because they were denying, they were denying uh, the, the, the eye color changing. They were like, no, I'm sure it's like, like it's not, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not what happened. I've always had, I've always had this color, yeah. this color eyes. But, I think like yeah, I think she was just investigating because like I think it was like she was just curious, but mm. like a very like detached like I don't really give a shit about you, curious, and also I think she was like maybe trying to buy time, a little bit maybe because that's what because I was like why are you asking why do you care, like why do mm. you care why does the mermaid care but I think she's mm. like this is at a point where she's starting to care about, the plague doctor now um, and yeah. She also, I mean, or maybe she was just hungry. I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, she does eat it, I right? Mean, <laughs> she ate, so before this, she ate, I think it was Luke's stuff. Because it was discarded, <gasps> it was discarded body parts that they left outside their 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 hovel. Where, they were, where the plague okay. doctor and the mermaid were sleeping. And yeah. that's how she grew her tongue back. <laughs> yeah oh my god okay again i feel like like we just said like don't ask too many questions but i am i am curious because like what do you mean you have discarded body parts aren't you exchanging them they're exchanging but there is there are bits and pieces that just like they're like missing they don't need yeah they just okay. don't need so uh yeah she was like oh they left me a snack so she ate it <laughs> she ate it and grew her tongue back or she she and ate it but she back. didn't she like the first person she ate, she, only part of her tongue grew back, and then she, like, completed the cycle or something, right? Was that it? I don't know. I think her tongue just grew back right after. Because I remember okay. how she was talking about, like, the eyeballs taste like lime, and what was it? <laughs> this is, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there was, like, a, f- a full flavor profile of the bits she was <laughs> she eating. She was, like, reviewing the meal <laughs> that she, she ate. Was. Gosh, okay. She's like... 
the flavors are complex and she says that the hands are almost gingery and the eyes are like ice and limes yeah because she eats she eats like oh <laughs> yeah i just imagine the knuckles and the crunching yeah. and the yeah. like you know she's just fully like devouring that shit she was feeling herself yeah. and of course her tongue grew back but yeah so when they decide to stay they do like hatch up a plan for how to take down the saints mm-hmm. and the idea is that they're gonna take them down ideologically like they're gonna expose them to the kids yeah so that the kids will like rebel against them yeah that's what they wanted that's exactly what they wanted they say something about like they 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 need to find a Judas goat or something like that. And mm-hmm. I think they're trying to use Luke because they've talked to Luke. And yeah. the poor thing is kind of like, not catatonic, but he's not doing very well after the surgery. Yeah. Like after being brought back to life. Um, and the plague doctor, you know, tries, tries to coax him into like talking a little bit about what's going on in this in this town. And like tries to like help him heal a little bit, or like so yeah. that so that he doesn't feel so much pain because Luke is in a lot of pain. Poor thing. I didn't. This is this is one part of the of the book that I was like, I literally have no idea what your plan is. Yeah, because they when when they enact it, we cut to I think it's like night three or something, and which is the third part of the book, like Act Three, and they wake up to the sounds of like screaming, and and there's like they look outside their window, and there's a saint that's like falling fallen to the ground and uh, having been like ravaged by some kind of creature there's i think there's there's a lynx uh, mentioned at some yeah. point there's like some big cat in the forest and so i'm assuming that the lynx got like i think the mermaid led the lynx into the village and like let it okay. loose on the plague doctor i think that's what happened i think okay. my brain might be filling in the gaps a little bit <laughs> i was i was very confused because i thought it had something to do with you know how she like asks them to do it a bunch of times the eye switching thing yeah um i thought it had something to do with the fact that she eats it and they can't replace it or some shit no i'm not gonna lie very confused <laughs> Yeah, there are there are two like big points where I'm very confused. This is one of them. Yeah. I don't know what what the plan is. I think it's what 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 it is. I think I because th- they talk about they talk about the links. Once they see that the plague doctor is down, the no sorry the saint is down. One of the yeah. saints has been brought down. The mermaid and the plague doctor they walk out, and then the plague doctor carves the saint up like to to pieces. And then the kids kind of like see this. The, ki- the kids are surrounding what, what is happening, the scene. And uh, the plague doctor asks, does something so fallible deserve your worship? Is this what was promising you perfection? That's basically um, what the plague doctor says. And then after that, these things happen really fast. After that, the children go to this house of a girl that's literally being eaten alive by an, like one of the other plague doctors. So there are three. So one is down. One is in this house eating this girl alive. And Luke is watching. And he's, lo- he's looking like super terrified about what's happening. Like, he's freaking out about it. But the other kids don't seem to be kind of a- awakening to, to the same truths that he is, that Luke mm-hmm. is. And then one of the kids uh, takes a shovel and breaks Luke's head with it, like literally kills Luke, breaks his skull, and then uh, does the same to the mermaid. So the mermaid is completely knocked out. And then uh, and then the scene kind of ends with the plague doctor surrounded by 
uh, these like ravenous looking kids that uh, are about to pounce, pounce on them. And then we have the, the scene where she wakes up to find herself flayed open like a fish. Her organs are out of her body, but still connected to her body, but put in like these jars with, the, with this like preservative liquid. So mm-hmm. she's just like open like that and she's woken up. And the, the, the saint that has cut her open and is harvesting her organs um, is just kind of like very satisfied with himself and very, um, he feels very safe because she's in this, uh, she's in this position. Like he's very, he yeah. feels very safe. Even he though thinks he, like he has like one up on her. Yeah. He knows yeah. that she has these teeth, but yeah. So, uh, he's disemboweling her and he remarks that uh, like, he's very surprised that, uh, she doesn't have like, what is it? What is Gilt? it? Like swimming bladders? Like oh. a bla- like a bladder for 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 that's uh, the animals have? I don't I don't, I don't know but you know <laughs> but he's just like I'm surprised you don't have a swimming a swimming bl- uh, bladder and she's like come closer and check check the roof of my mouth and he's like haha oh you think God. you're gonna get me <laughs> he's like you think you're gonna get me I I don't know why you're lying like this but like uh, but you are lying about this and he having this like false sense of safety. He's being so cocky, and she's like, "You keep being cocky. Just give me one second." She's yeah. like, "Let me like, give me one second. And <laughs> she basically, as as she's open, she she pounces on him. Yeah. Um, from and he's like behind her, so she like pounces on him. She eats him whole, like she eats mm-hmm. the entire thing. She leaves some some bits, I think, because. We'll tell you later, but like she leaves some bits, but she eats a lot of the of this uh, of the saint. And uh, she heals herself. She's completely healed. She's like, oh, perfect, I'm healed. And then she goes out to look for her plague doctor. And she oh, finds man. them. <laughs> she it finds just makes them. me so sad. Yeah. That yeah. scene really made me tear up the second time yeah. I read it. Because the first time I read it, I didn't know what I was reading. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I do want to say, like, the, the part where the plague doctor is, like, really cocky, it, it like, I feel like it's going the back plague, to... the saint? The saint, sorry. When the saint yeah. is getting really cocky because he's, like, disemboweled her and has her, like, parts in jars and stuff. Um, when he says, like, I would have thought you'd have this swimming bladder or whatever the fuck it is that he's, like, asking for, mm-hmm. it reminds me of, like, when, you know, earlier in the book where she's talking about how, like, why do you guys think you know who I am? Like, why do you guys think you know mm-hmm. what I am? Why? Like, mm-hmm. why? No one has... You haven't been right once. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Even when... Yeah, I don't know. It just, Like, that was a moment where I was like, he's going to pay for it. And I, it was like such a... It like paid it off for me. The mm. fact that she mentioned it earlier in the book. Um, that she's like... That she's like, you yeah, people are like... People want to act like they know what I am. They call me a mermaid, but I'm not that or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. it just paid it off in such a cool way. Because um, mm-hmm. it was so satisfying when she killed him. Oh, my God. It but was. Yeah. It was really satisfying. That was a good gore scene. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. But, yeah, she. so she emerges from wherever she was being um, cut up. And she's looking for the plague doctor. And she finds her plague doctor dying. Um, <laughs> she kind of, like, tucks herself onto their lap. And kind of mourns their, their very, like, slow passing. 
Yeah. And they're kind of talking, but then the surgeons, these saints, they show up, all three of them, even the one that mm. that, <laughs> that was that she ate. Girl, I don't know. <laughs> they come back and like poke her through the eye. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she and the plague doctor get tied up um, on on like a birch tree. I forgot about this scene. Yeah. So they get tied up at a birch tree, and the birch tree is about to be set aflame. Mm-hmm. And the plague doctors, I remember, the, oh my god, the saints, they say something like, you know, we would have harvested you for parts, but now, after you've done all this, we won't even yeah, like, like punishment. We're going to burn it. you instead. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to burn you instead. As if that's not, like, bet Anyway, that's better. Um, But, so, this is the part where I don't understand what the fuck happens. From what I gather, the mermaid sets fire to all of them instead. Yeah. And then she passes out. And then in the morning, she's looking for, like what's left of, of her plague, plague doctor and she finds <laughs> she finds some of their remains but she finds their bezoar now we haven't talked about the bezoar we didn't talk about it no what is it again? okay so the bezoar according to WebMD <laughs> <laughs> the, a bezoar refers to a collection of partially digested material that collects in the stomach it occurs in both humans and, and animals, and sometimes the material is not digested at all, and it just gets tightly packed in the digestive tract. But from what I understood, it is that in this in this story, but it's also like just like bits and pieces of their original bodies, like yeah. packed into like some kind of ball. Like that's like a, an important part of the resurrection for the for the saints is that they find the bezar. We yes. didn't mention it when when Samson attacks Luke. He mm-hmm. like is just like searching for his bezoar and like that's part of what he brings back so Mm -hmm. that's like an important thing for the resurrection like you can mix and match different body parts but as long as the bezoar is the same is intact yeah Yeah. um and obviously the mermaid knows that has learned that by now and is essentially trying to can we please talk about the scene where she where she finds out about that it's so cute but so disgusting (laughs) okay so there's there's a scene where it's the two of them, the plague doctor and the and the we're jumping around in the plot. But anyway, there's a scene um, in, where the plague doctor and the mermaid are in in their little hovel where where mm-hmm. where they live in the in this town. So there's basically a scene where the mermaid and the plague doctor are. It's just the two of them in their hovel, and the plague doctor show, like they have this very like tender, vulnerable moment, and. They show her their bezoar, and they're like, "This is the only part of me that's left," which is so oh, cute. Yeah. And they and they're like super close, and like yeah. I don't know, atmospherically, it was very, it was a very like cute, tender moment. It was kind of hot as well, because like yeah. this is you know because the, the the plague doctor is being super vulnerable, showing showing this. Um, so cute. So yeah, I like that. There's like, I think that's like a very pivotal point in their relationship as well. Yeah. Um, where they show this trust. Yeah, there's there's a point where where the the plague doctor is dying, um, like leaned up and and we said like the mermaid is like sat with them, uh, before the saints and everybody shows up, and yeah. she's like contemplating. She's like, what if I eat the bezoar? Will they just be a part of me forever? 
Yeah. I was like, dang, oh, dude. That's so gross, <laughs> but so cute. Yeah. Very gross, but I mean, that's what the book is. That whole scene, that whole, like, I call it the morning scene. That mm. whole morning scene is so... Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so, so romantic. Good. So dark. But, yeah. like, so romantic. Oh, I love it. And, like, yeah, you need to remember, like, for so little, like, so few pages in the book, it's a novella. The fact that mm-hmm. they can even, like, write a, a, a section of the book like that, I thought was really impressive. Honestly. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous writing. Gorgeous writing. But anyway, we're at the point now where she's looking for parts of the plague doctor yeah so she finds uh their bezoar and then she basically sets on this like 400 year journey to try and bring them back um yeah 400 years and in the epilogue she she manages to bring the plague doctor back after 400 years yeah amazing amazing and then they live happily ever after which it was, was adorable. Amazing. I was not expecting a happy ending in this book. I was so happy. Um, did we get a happy ending in any of the other books that we read? Uh, oh, yeah, we did. Depends we did. on what you... A little bit. Yeah, yeah well, The we Deep. Did. I feel like The yeah, Deep is the, the deep. best one. Yeah, the happy definitely ending. a happily ever after. Um, yeah. I feel uh, like yeah. The Pisces is more just like... The, pi- the Pisces it's good for is her. Litfic. Litfic doesn't give you a happy ending. So it <laughs> gives you enough. open ends. Um, let's talk about themes themes uh i said earlier that this had like heavy colonialism themes for me and this Mm -hmm. is my like justification i feel like um colonialism in the sense that like i mentioned the prince just takes like plunders whatever so he like he's killing her sisters he takes the mermaid he's like forcing her to like fit into this new sort of system where like she's his wife and she has to be the queen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in that throughout the book, we mentioned this earlier as well. She'll talk about how she's like, nobody knows what I actually am. They don't know how to pronounce what I am or what my name is. And I'm like, that's so coded, like colonialism coded where it's it like, is. you know, like you're, you're essentially being like renamed and like, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. Um, we, I think we should talk about the mermaid and the plague doctor as a pair. Like, how they how they kind of, like, find kinship in each other or, like, a kindred spirit in, in each other because they are both... I think it's a quote in, in, in the story. They say that we're both manufactured um, beings. So, like, yeah. their identities have been manufactured physically with the, with the plague doctor... I mean, physically with both of them, yeah. Because uh, her her tail had to be split for her to have legs. Oh yeah, um, and obviously her tongue was cut as well. And her tongue was cut. There is, you know, there is a lot of violence towards, like this body that she didn't even want. Yeah. Um, and the plague doctor has been put together from parts, so both are navigating these like bodies and th- that have been forced on them. Thematically, I think so. I uh, watched this interview with the writer Cassandra Kaw, and they were talking about how one of one of the themes in this in the story is generational sacrifice, and how Ooh. they come from a very traditional, I think Malaysian, yeah, uh, Malaysian. family, family, and how 
as they were growing up, their parents were um, continuously reminding them, like, a lot of people have sacrificed a lot of things so that you could be here. Um, mm-hmm. And you you yourself have to, like, carry on this legacy of, of you know, sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but they had they had a problem with that in the sense of like the idea of all of this is very noble the whole idea of like passing on a legacy but it's also troubling in the sense that it's cyclical and that uh mothers are basically meant to pour their whole lives into their children and uh are told to basically just like stand to the side and just watch as the cycle continues through their children and there's some grief and resentment tied to that. I mean, yeah. it's this idea of like, once you have kids, well, that's it. You're done. You can just sit, sit to the side and have nothing to contribute anymore. And uh, they say, the writer, um, Ka says that uh, they didn't want this to be a tale about the children because it could have been the tale of the children. And that's one of the criticisms that I've seen about this book of like, we never find out what happens to the children. Where it's Well, it's not about the children. <laughs> it's about the mom. I actually didn't. I mean, there was never a point where I was like, oh, I want to know what's happening with the kids. I kind of liked that you're left with like... It was left. Yeah. The yeah. kids are kids are going to destroy the kingdom. That's it. We're, for, we're moving on with um, the mermaid. I really like that. And, and understanding like uh, the background that you just, you know, told us, I, I like mm-hmm. it even more now that... Right? Um, yeah. It's so much better now for me. Me too. For sure. I love, I love that. I love that so much. And I think it's even more important because mermaids are usually used as a metaphor for um, like the loss of autonomy. Mm-hmm. And becoming a mother often, like so- socially at least, that's mm-hmm. what it is. You kind of like lose your autonomy. I mean, definitely yeah. like it's getting better now um in our modern times not everywhere but oh yeah we'll say mainly in the western world here in ethiopia i don't think yeah (laughs) mainly in the western world for sure and i think we we know this like if you if you're a child of immigrants like yeah you it is this like they do give their lives up for their child like everything becomes about the child they don't really have a life outside the child yeah so um and Cassandra Kaw is is a child of immigrants. And also, English is their third language. Get out. English is their third language, Addie. What? Yeah. This is so um, impressive. What? <laughs> I was like, this yeah. person has like an, like 700 English majors, has like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I mean I'm not saying that they don't, but I don't know why. I think that's so, wow. That is so embarrassing for first language English speakers. <laughs> I mean, why, why I love this fact is because, yeah, the book is written really, really well. And the, the language is very, like, Baroque and just, like, very intricate, very, mm. it's like a flourishing thing. They treat the language as, uh, like, in English. All these yeah. words are put in there because they're just playing with this language. It's yeah. the, 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 the language is their playground. So they're like, oh my God, look at this interesting word. And look at this yeah. interesting word. And I'm going to put this interesting word in here as well. For sure. I mean, I know I was criticizing the book saying like, we get it, you have a thesaurus. However, I do, like, However. it did seem like, like, I like that you're saying that it's almost like they were playing with the language, which is something that I've never, like, I don't think I've read that um, before this, like, in, in this particular way. I'm sure I've read like a book in like, you know, English lit in high school or something that was like really hard to read. 
but mm-hmm. this book was doing something different. Like, I, I honestly, yeah. like, t- if I was recommending this book for any reason, it would be because of the writing, not necessarily the story. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's so cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so interesting. And did you get the sense that there was, like, this hunger for more? Mm-hmm. I actually totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I think that that kind of, like, reflects the mermaid as well, because she's hungry. Mm. Like, the mermaid is hungry, so it makes sense that her POV is also hungry, like, for all these, like, all these, like, uh, words. But yeah, I think it also, like, dresses the, um, the gore. Yeah. But it dresses it to become, it beautifies it for sure, but it also, like, slows down down the the violence of it which is also another thing that the um author was trying to do what they said was that they saw a lot of like desensitization towards uh death and violence on tv Mm. like through um through like uh you know in uh, like tv shows and stuff basically and that's always the one that i go to definitely game of thrones Mm. uh but the example that they gave was like you know you'll see a gunshot uh, on like an episode of like I don't know what is it what's that SVU show like a SVU yeah oh my god that's exactly what I was thinking is it um (laughs) um, you'll see like a gunshot but it's just there and it's gone really quickly like there's Mm. no time to digest the pain of it the 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 like horror of it the violence of it and so this language things like what's that word that I uh used earlier oh my god there's this other word that they use that i was yes and you create like things like that make you like like pause they make you pause they make you think you need to look it up Mm. if you need to look it up it slows down that violence so that you can digest it um which i think is such an interesting like um uh, what is it called? Device to use, yeah, uh, for for something like this to try and achieve something like this. Um, they said themselves that uh, you know language can be used to like deaden empathy, and they've done the opposite here. Like the pain is the pain that we that we read about is never impersonal. Yeah, like, yeah. Even even though the, you could you could argue that the mermaid's POV is a little bit um, there's like some kind of like distance between the pain that that the mermaid inflicts that she inflicts mm-hmm. herself because because that's what she is she, she says i'm a monster yeah. like i don't feel anything towards that but still like it the the those moments still slow down enough for us to um digest them uh as it were yeah um but yeah very immersive as well i loved it terrifying beautiful i'm surprised um, that this isn't i mean maybe i just didn't have the research for it but like this is one of the books that they didn't win an award for and i obviously we haven't read the other books um but yeah when i was like looking up there what's discography book for books bibliography i don't think it's bibliography. Know. just the list of books that they've the written, list of books that yeah. they've written. Um, there was like awards attached to all of the other books and then i couldn't find anything for this one so Immediately, I want to read the other books um, just to see, mm. like, just to compare them. But yeah, I mean, they obviously have a, a background in like horror and science fiction, and randomly, yeah. they also video create video game games. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. And so, yeah. yeah, video game design, tabletop games, and they're also a journalist, uh, like a tech yeah. journalist, which I thought was really yeah. cool. Um, Can I tell you something really cute? 
Yeah. I think you'll like this. Um, so during the interview, they were talking about the plague doctor. And yeah. they were talking about how, like, uh, they had gone on, like, they're a wanderer. They like to travel. And there mm-hmm. was, like, a period in their life where they were literally just, like, every month a different place. Um, it was just, like, a long... I don't want to know if I should call it a vacation, but it's like this long time where they didn't really have a home. And they said that um, they would have liked to have a plague doctor um, and not be so alive. I know! Get out! (laughs) Yeah, they're travels. (laughs) Bro, I'm cheesing for this writer. I can't believe it. That's so cute. I know. I know. Oh, that's so cute. I I mean, I don't know... I'm assuming they're non-binary because they they go by they them uh, pronouns. Um, but I also like speaking of the plague doctor. I have never like read a queer uh, yeah. character written in a way where like their queerness is just so well like integrated into the story. You're not really yeah. you're not really questioning anything. It's not about that. Yeah. yeah, but it was also interesting because like it also is. It, yeah. yeah, it is and it isn't. Um, the fact that they're made up of so many different bodies and that that you know the mermaid like is constantly saying like, oh, I can't really tell like what their skin color is. I can't tell what their well not necessarily what their skin color is, but like there's like obviously like like a, a, a very slight fade into different skin colors and their yeah. face is so androgynous and all of that stuff. Mm. I thought it was so interesting. So when I obviously when I found out that they were. That they went by they them pronouns themselves. I was like, of course. Like, it was. I and was. It was never ugh, questioned was as well. That's what I mean by it's. It's not a thing. It's that the the mermaid never says, but what, like, what are you? Yeah. Or like whatever. It just like immediately they, mm-hmm. which is so good. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, the mermaid like from the beginning calls them my plague doctor. I'm surprised I didn't see the romance coming. Our, it really took me really by surprise. <laughs> the minute the minute she said "my plague doctor," I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're locked in. <laughs> like, oh I'm ready God, for this." I love that. Yeah, I, so no, cute. Passed me by. Yeah, no. It just takes yeah. a little bit of patience to get, get to get through it. I think. I, re- I think but it's worth that's it. That's not a bad thing. I think. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a it's it's such a good thing. I mean, unless you get queasy with like yeah. gore and body parts and cartilage and like all that stuff, like. Maybe maybe don't. But yeah. like if yeah, you're, kind if you're gonna be of triggered, okay I get it. it, but that sounded yeah. so like if you're gonna be triggered, <laughs> like don't read if this. If you're book. gonna be a bitch and get triggered <laughs> I earnestly mean if it is gonna be triggering for you, like maybe leave it, but it's just yeah, it's so well written, but there's just so much to sink your teeth into. Yeah. And just like it's so immersive. You kind of can't put it down unless you're looking up a word. Uh but yeah. <laughs> That's true. But if you have a Kindle, then you're fine. <laughs> you're just going to look it up right there and keep going. I Googled everything. Why didn't you just look it up on your Kindle? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> okay. And um, that's on geriatric Gen Z. <laughs> God, all right. Do you want to do, uh, or did you have any unanswered questions? I don't know if we're going. Did I have any unanswered questions about this? Not really. I mean, would I like to see what it would be like for them to integrate into modern society? Kind of. But I don't think that that's a concern of the writer. I don't think that they care Mm. about that. 
it's not it's not one of the the things they're looking to explore in these stories so yeah yeah i mean maybe i have that kind like question kind of hanging but Mm -hmm. also i don't care to look you know what i mean i i'm happy i'm very satisfied i don't really have any questions yeah um yeah, I don't have any I don't have any unanswered questions or interpretations. Honestly, for me, wow. this was the one book. Well, I to be fair, I did have unanswered questions for the Pisces, but this is the one book from the um from the all the all the all the, the books quartet. in this theme, the quartet that I was like this is like I felt so satisfied after reading. I put it down and I was like that's it. I like I can like I just felt very happy afterwards. I was like, "Oh, this was so good." And I Nice. I actually think I would read it again. This is the one book I think I would actually read again. Um, it's so, so yeah. short as well. Why wouldn't you? It's so short. Because I read it. I read. Mo- oh, well, did I? Re- I don't know if it counts as me reading it twice because I only read the last two acts twice. The I didn't read the beginning again, but I felt like I understood it a lot better. Um, yeah. It twice. I think. I think like I'll get more and more out of it with every mm-hmm. read. So. And you build up your vocabulary. Who doesn't yeah. like that? Honestly, Love that alone shit. is a reason to read this book. <laughs> you want to build up your <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah, like I said, you're going to, like, I feel like you're going to be a little frustrated in the beginning because you're going to be like, why? Like, why did you write it this way? But it's it's worth mm-hmm. it. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Definitely suspend your disbelief going in. Um, yeah. Don't expect to understand anything that's happening. <laughs> Just yeah. enjoy it. Read it. Read it as a folk tale. Oh, we should also mention that um, besides The Little Mermaid, this is a mishmash of another two like Brothers Grimm stories. Uh, so uh, one of them is called How Some Children Played at Slaughtering. And uh, the other one is called The Three Army Surgeons, if you guys want to read read up on those yeah um but those are like dark um dark uh short stories as well final thoughts and ratings i gave it a solid four same after talking about it i kind of want to give it like a four point something just because the discussion was so lively (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's fair i'm i'm giving it a four for sure like I think when I started it, I was like, I know that I'm never like I'm never gonna read this book again. I don't even understand what's happening, but it's a fun ride. It's okay. And now I'm just like, I would totally read this book again. Like I, mm-hmm. it, I want the physical copy of it. That's how much mm-hmm. <laughs> that I want to read it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. And especially four. if you're like fans of uh, Florence of the Machine, Hosier, uh, what's her name, Ethel Kane. Ethel Kane. Um, oh my God, yeah. If you're a fan of Ethel Kane, this is up your alley for sure. Yeah, this is definitely up your alley. Even. I'm not gonna say. Not Just gonna say, say Olivia Bible, Rodrigo. Come can, on. You know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no shade to Olivia Rodrigo. I'm sorry. It was just it was funny. But yeah, no. If you if you're a fan of that kind of like dark, uh, if you like retellings for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. this doesn't really feel like a retelling, but it also does at the same time. I don't know. Anyway, as yeah. as I said at the beginning, uh, this book explores a lot of binaries uh, or like living outside of them and how things can be two things at the same yeah. time. It's, it is and it isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Readers Also Enjoyed. If you enjoyed this episode, why not read along with us for our next episode where we'll be covering a new theme, which we're calling It's Complicated. Our first book in our new theme is Bridget Jones's Diary by Helen Fielding. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share with us about the book or the podcast, 
feel free to reach out to us on our social media at Readers Also Enjoyed on TikTok and Instagram, or send us an email at readersalsoenjoyed at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Maybe leave a comment if you're on Apple Pod. But till next time, love your life.